0: Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you all here. And uh, it is particularly good to see the youth here this morning. And do you know what? I, we were chatting just before, and I said, oh, guys, it's great to see you. What brings you here this morning? And they were like, Sarah, it's because you're talking. And we're so delighted. That's not what they said at all. They said they've been promised snacks afterwards. So, <laughs> But there we go. Um, it's still good to see them. Um, so I'm just pleased to see I can't see anybody with like outrageous sunburn or anything. So we're doing well so far, aren't we? But... There's still quite a lot of sun to come this week, so we'll see how we get on. Um, But today we are carrying on our series in Mark, as James said. So last week James kicked us off with a little talk called The Way. You can catch up online, of course, so I'm not going to recap. But today I am doing a little talk called The Call, which sounds very heavy, I thought. Um, And there are two different things that I want to draw out of this passage this morning. Um, So I'm just going to get on with it and I'm going to start right at the very beginning when I was a very small child. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about me. So as a little girl, I was um, very bossy. This was when I was very young. Um, I used to to line up my family uh, in my nan's lounge. I used to sit them all down, and I'd stand at the front, (laughs) very much like this, smaller room, um, and I would just talk at them. I would teach them all the lessons of life, which obviously I knew. Um, And I remember telling them off as well. I used to sit there and tell them off for talking and laughing, and don't laugh in lessons and don't talk to each other. And I remember berating my nan for chatting back at me. Um, And so my parents always thought that I was going to be some kind of teacher. That's what they thought when I was very young. And then you kind of enter the school system. And I started going through the school system, you know, going through the years, and slowly um, what happened was I started to realize how other people saw me, how other children interacted with me, how society kind of saw me. And I realized I was a little bit of an oddball. Which I'm quite comfortable with now, but I wasn't then. Um, And so I became quite quiet and quite shy. I know, it's outrageous. Um, And then by the time I got to my teenage years, I just decided I just didn't want to be noticed anymore. Like, I just did not want people to notice me at all. So that's how I was trying to go through life, with people just not noticing that I was even there. I was really withdrawn. I just didn't want to know about any of it, really. I was just like, just hide all the time. And the idea of public speaking was like my worst nightmare. It was like, oh my goodness, I could never do that. Like, I was the kid in school, you know, when you're told you have to read out a passage out loud, and you go around one by one, and everybody reads a paragraph. I was the one counting ahead to my paragraph, practicing it over and over in my head. And by the time it would get to me, I'd basically forgotten how to speak English. Um, my palms would be sweaty. I would be so anxious. My voice was shaking. Like, it was awful. And I hated every minute of it. And the thought of, like, doing a presentation was dreadful. Like, I was ill a lot at times because, you know, it was just unbearable for me. But I had fallen in love with maths by my teenage years because that's how cool I am. Um, I decided that maths was pretty good. You didn't ever have to stand in front of people. It was brilliant. You could just kind of sit there and the numbers were lovely and the numbers were my friends. I had other friends, I promise. Um, But I loved maths and I'd started doing IT lessons as well so I'd, I'd started looking at spreadsheets already. My real love of spreadsheets came later in life but I loved maths, I loved spreadsheets and I thought, you know what this is all right I could do this this is a nice way to hide and people start to ask what you want to be so people were asking me what I wanted to do in life what do you want to be you had career days and all this sort of stuff and I didn't know what I wanted to be and people generally speaking when they asked me they didn't go oh Sarah what do you want to be when you grow up they'd say oh what do you want to be an accountant Mm -hmm. and uh I knew I didn't want to be an accountant. Like, there was a, a deep thing inside me, like, no. Um, yet, as I grew up in my 20s, still very quiet and shy, guess what, I was working in accountancy. <laughs> because I just kind of, I left college after my A-levels. I did maths and further maths, by the way. But um, after that, I just got a job in finance because I thought, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else I'm good at. This is all I can do. So I worked in accountancy. I was good at it. I enjoyed it most of the time. I knew I could probably earn a good bit of money. And John, bless him, he married someone who was going to qualify as an accountant. Um, So that was my plan: just to hide. I knew I could hide behind my computer as an accountant most of the time. I wouldn't have to deal with people that much. Like I had to go to an occasional meeting with people and present accounts and. I'd still die of embarrassment and go bright red and be unbearably sweaty. Um, But, you know, it was okay. I I could live this life where I could just hide. And the thing is, actually, that because so many people had suggested to me that that was what I should do with my life, I started to believe that and I started to accept that. And my own expectations of myself came in line with that. But I always had this sense of, there's got to be more. This can't be right. I, had, I was really unfulfilled. I was just like, this, this can't be me. This didn't feel like all there was. I don't know if you can relate to that. This feeling of kind of going through the motions in life. This feeling of, oh my goodness, I have to do this because these people expect that. Thinking, I have to be a certain way because people have expected that thinking, well, I'm always the one that makes jokes, so I have to do that. I can't be serious because everybody expects that of me. Maybe it is a job. Maybe it's everybody expects me to do this certain job, but actually, I'm not really sure. Maybe you've just got that sense of there's got to be more. Well, this is going to surprise you, but I think that with a little artistic license, we can relate this to our reading. So our reading, we see four fishermen who surely would have had little option but to be fishermen. They'd have been from families who had been fishermen for generations. This was all they could do. They're not expecting to be able to do anything else in life. They may have never considered doing anything else in life. But I just have a feeling that maybe they thought to themselves, this can't be it, there's got to be more. So then this guy comes past, this Jesus, and he says to them, come, follow me. And all four of them do. Something in each of them responds to that call. They left everything they had. They left their dad in a boat. He must have been baffled. But all four of them followed Jesus. They had no idea what was to come, but they knew that something inside of them was responding to that. They knew that there was something more. And in that moment for them, they were freed from the weight of expectations of other people. They were freed from the weight of expectations from themselves. And so the first point, I know I've taken a long time to get there, but the first point really is actually that saying yes to Jesus is the most personally freeing thing that you can do. For me, God got my attention through some very unusual events. After six months of being married, I was made redundant from my job and. At the exact same time, John was offered a job that gave him such a substantial pay rise that we could still pay for our mortgage and all our bills. And we also won a car in that same week, and John needed a car to get to his job, and it was like, oh, I think God's trying to get our attention, actually. Um, and at that same time, God planted in me, or probably actually kind of uncovered in me, a desire to study theology. And my day-to-day yes to following Jesus was growing and my call was growing stronger and stronger and I was responding to Jesus yes with everything that I had what everybody had expected of me and what I'd grown to expect of me was released when I said yes to Jesus so that's point number one saying yes to Jesus is the most freeing thing that you can do And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, you normally give us a little bit of context around the passage, and you're right, I do. I normally do a little bit more theology, so let's do that. So in Jesus' day, rabbis were like the intellectuals of the day. And of course, vicars still are, isn't that right? Yeah, James and Calum, they're looking very intellectual today. (laughs) Um, And to follow a rabbi, to be the student of a rabbi, you would have to ask to follow them. And they might say yes, if you had the right credentials. If you were from the right family, if you had the right qualifications, they might say yes. They also might say no. It was kind of like applying for Oxford or Cambridge. But a rabbi would never, ever ask anybody to follow them. It just didn't work like that. The same as Oxford's not gonna come knocking on your door saying, please come and do a degree with us. It's just not gonna happen. Like, that's not how it worked at all. And fishermen, of course, would never have been able to follow a rabbi. They did not have the right credentials. They didn't have the right qualifications. It just wasn't going to happen. All they could do was fish. Yet Jesus, this new rabbi, comes on the scene. And he goes up to them and says, come follow me. Not only is he on the pretty much day one of his ministry, turning the system on its head and calling people to follow him instead of waiting for people to apply. But he's calling the most unlikely candidates. Jesus sees something in them. He sees their potential when nobody else could. Now, over the years of following Jesus, I've learned, actually, that Jesus knows me much better than I know myself. And that's kind of obvious now, but... I've really learned that. And when Jesus called me, he saw my past. He saw my present. He sees everything I've done, all the mistakes I've made. He sees everything that holds me back. And he calls me anyway. He saw exactly what I was created to be. And he was completely ready, willing, and wanting to enable me to step into that and to be who I was created to be. And this is the call of Jesus. And that's true for all of us. He sees you as you are. He sees everything you've done. He sees your past, he sees your present. He sees all the possibilities of your future. And he sees who you were created to be and he wants to call you out into that, to live that out. And what I'm not saying is that Jesus is calling everybody here to be a vicar he might be I don't know but I'm not saying that he is Jesus can call us to all sorts of different things it's just for me it's turned out like this at the minute so Jesus' call is to you so no matter how much you've written yourself off today no matter how much you think you're not good enough if you think you're too insecure you swear too much you lash out too much Whatever it is that you think means you can't follow Jesus, well, it's not true. No matter what other people think of you, no matter what other people's expectations are of you, Jesus sees you. Jesus sees who you were created to be and wants you to step into that with him. So this morning, whether it's your first time saying yes to that call of Jesus, or whether it's your thousandth time of saying yes to following Jesus. I urge you to give him your full yes. Give him everything you are because he is not mistaken. He sees everything about you and calls you the same. And he wants to enable you to be fully you. And it is the most freeing thing you can do to say yes to Jesus. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you call to us. We thank you that you see all of us, that nothing is hidden, and yet you want us to follow you anyway. We thank you that you have created us and you know what we're created to be, and your desire is that nothing holds us back from that. And so today we give you our yes. And we pray that you would help us to follow you more. Amen.